0: Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're beginning a study just in time for the new year and how to hear God.
1: You may be sitting here and saying, well, God has never spoken to me. And I wanna challenge that because I believe if you have sought God, I believe that God has spoken to you. You may have not understood his voice. You may not be listening to his voice. You may not understand that it's God, but I believe that God is constantly speaking to his children.
0: And welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church and President of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, have you ever wondered what the voice of God sounds like? Is it a whisper in the wind or a thundering shout from the heavens? Mark, as we prepare for a new year, you're going to show us how we can hear from God. You know,
1: Wayne, a lot of people, including myself, at times have asked themselves God, is this you, and what do you sound like? Years ago, I had the privilege of participating in DreamWorks' first movie called The Prince of Egypt. Is that right? Do you remember that? I remember the movie. It was a great uh, animation film. And I remember uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg speaking to him, and he said— we were trying to figure out what does God sound like? And so they had a hundred voices put together into one and they made that the voice of God. And so we all have different ideas of what God sounds like, but I believe that God is speaking and God loves his children and that we need to learn how to distinguish between what is God's voice and what is our own thinking, and what are other people's voices. So this is especially important as we go into the beginning of the year.
0: Think of that movie. You're always full of surprises, Mark. You really are. (laughs) All All right, let's open our Bibles now. Our text is 1 Samuel chapter 3, and Mark starts a message called Beginning to Listen on Bold Steps Weekend.
1: I don't know if you've ever thought much about the voice of God, but I believe that God speaks. And I believe that God has always spoken. In fact, I believe that there's great power in the voice of God. If you go to the book of Genesis, the Bible says that creation was void and dark and it says, and God spoke and he separated the light from the dark. Oh, that's power when you speak and creation listens to your voice. Uh, Jesus was on the sea and there was a, a storm that, was ravaging the boat that he was in and people were afraid. And the Bible says that Jesus raised his voice and he spoke to the storm and the storm quieted down through the power of his voice. The Bible declares that God speaks and things that are not become something out of the nothing. Because the voice of God has creative power. The voice of God gives life. There is something about the voice of God that is the most powerful force in the universe. The voice of God goes forth, and the voice of God has power over nature. It has power over the spirit world. It has power over the physical world. There is something incredibly deep and powerful about the voice of God. You may ask yourself, what does God sound like? Well, I'm not sure that the voice of God can always be accurately described. In the Gospels, it says that when God spoke to Jesus, um, the crowd was there and God spoke and some people heard it and they thought it was thunder, but it was the voice of God. Now, I believe that God loves to speak. And I believe that God is always speaking to those that are listening I believe that God is regularly speaking to those that are listening, but he doesn't speak typically in an audible voice so that your physical ears hear it. God has his own language in which he speaks, and he's, because God is a spirit, he typically speaks through the spirit. Now, can God speak audibly? Oh yeah, he can, but it's very unusual that you'll have a burning bush experience where you'll hear an audible voice speaking to you. God can manifest in the physical because he's the Lord of the spirit and the physical, but typically God speaks to the spirit because it's our spirit that actually is what connects with the spirit world. And so God speaks to our spirit And it's our spirit that is able to understand and discern the voice of God. John chapter 10 says, Jesus was speaking about his followers and he says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. You know the voice of God. Over the years as a pastor, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, how do I know it's God that's speaking to me? How do you know the voice of God? I'm going to be talking to you about the voice of God, hearing God, understanding God, positioning yourself to hear God, how to discern between other voices, how to respond to the voice of God when he speaks to you, how to understand the power of the voice of God. And I believe that as we end this series, you're going to have a much clearer understanding and hopefully begin to be on a journey in which you are on a regular basis allowing God to speak to your heart and responding to his voice. Not too long ago, I was in a crowded room. I did one of my least favorite activities. I went shopping with my wife at a, like a furniture place. I go with her because I love her. And then I've learned to speak her love language. She loves when I drive her. She loves when I go with her. She loves when I walk around. She just likes me to go with her. I think she just likes a chauffeur. (laughs) If it's raining, I pull up. I take her bags. I help her out. But you know what? She's my wife, so I I love to do that for her. If she's happy, the whole family's happy. (laughs) So I was out one day, and we were at one of these furniture places, and uh, I lost her. She gets lost quite often in those places. Thank God for smartphones now. I just kind of text her, where are you? So I had lost her and she wasn't responding to her phone. And so I, I, I stopped for a moment to try to listen for her voice. And, and I, I heard it. And so she's somewhere in the store and I say, Dee. D. D. And then I hear over there, yeah, I'm over here. Now, there's a lot of voices talking, but there's something about her voice. I recognized it when I heard it. Now, if you were to tell me, describe how you know her voice as opposed to other voices. If you were try to have me describe the intonations, the decibels, the sound waves. I have no idea how to describe that. I have no idea how to tell you how I know her voice as opposed to someone, oh, I could give it a shot, but it would be a clumsy shot. I just know her voice because I know her. I've lived with her, walked with her. I have a relationship with her. We've been married for 25 years. I've listened to her enough so that when she speaks, I know her voice. Can I describe to you how I know it's her? Oh, it's hard for me to describe that, but when I hear it, I know it. It's similar with the voice of God. When someone says, well, how do you know it's God? Well, it's, it's a little bit similar if you have walked with God for some time and you're close to God and you heard God and you've been in his word, that when God speaks, there's a sense of, yes, Lord, I know your voice. I'm here. I'm listening. But I believe there's some principles that we can learn about the voice of God. In fact, I believe that God is speaking to his children on a regular basis on a often dialogue basis, and you may be sitting here and saying, well, God has never spoken to me. And I want to challenge that because I believe if you have sought God, if you are a child of God, if you've pursued God, I believe that God has spoken to you. You may have not understood his voice. You may not be listening to his voice. You may not understand that it's God, but I believe that God is constantly speaking to his children. I have three kids of my own. I can't imagine going periods of time without speaking to them. Why? I love them. I want to communicate that love to them. I want them to know that I love them and care for them. I want to give guidance into their life. I want to give instruction. I want to warn them at times. I want to help them. I want to interact with them because why? I'm their father. And if I as an earthly father desire to communicate to my children, how much more does your heavenly father desire to communicate with you in ways that you understand? Now, I know that some of you don't like technology very much. If you're over 45, you look at technology and you say, those junk kids, they're always like this. They don't know how to have a regular conversation. Just need to get rid of all that stuff. If you're under 25, it's like, why? I mean, you talk and use the telephone, we text all the time. And so, and I have to admit that I think that technology can be a, a curse or a blessing. It all depends on how you manage it, right? It's like, it's like anything else in life. Your television can be a curse or a blessing. It depends on what you watch, what you listen to, and if you allow it to manage your life. Radio can be a curse or a blessing. You can, uh, you know, listen to garbage or you can listen to good things. Uh, My daughter is studying in California So I love texting, being able to get a hold of her pretty much at any time because, you know, she's glued to her phone. So at nighttime, oftentimes, or wherever she's at, I'll say, good night, love you, honey. And she texts me, I love you too, Dad. And and so it's just this technology. Why? Because we stay in contact and communication. I believe God does the same thing with us, that God is constantly communicating with us when we're willing to listen. And so for those of you that are learning to listen to the voice of God, I want to just draw your attention quickly to a passage that's found in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I want to give you a few principles on hearing the voice of God, beginning to discern the voice of God.
0: And that is coming up next here on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. But we are going to pause the message right there for now, for the moment, to remind you about the Bold Stepper Weekly. This is an added resource from Bold Steps Weekend and is completely free. If you're interested in starting your week with biblical wisdom and encouragement, then subscribe today to receive the Bold Stepper Weekly, a devotional that arrives in your inbox each Monday morning from the desk of our Bible teacher, Mark Job. Sign up online when you visit BoldStepsWeekend.org. Just look for the Bold Stepper Weekly tab. It's easy to sign up. There's no cost or obligation, of course. Now, let's go back into today's message. We're beginning to listen on Bold Steps Weekend.
1: I'm going to have to run kind of quickly through these, so if you're taking notes, you need to be fast at taking these notes. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel... Chapter 3, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Now, to give you a little bit of a brief background of this, Eli was the priest at the time. Israel was a theocracy. It was run by whoever the head prophet or priest was. There was no king. At the time, it was run by the head prophet. The nation would listen to the prophet. He would speak into the direction of the nation, and Eli was a powerful man. But the Bible tells us that Eli had sons that were, well, they were not godly. They were in a position of being priests, but they were not godly. In fact, it tells us that they would take advantage of the offerings that were brought to them, and they were were sleeping with the women who were the doorkeepers of the temple. So these were supposed to be the priests, but so Eli was a godly man, but his sons were not godly. Uh, I'd like to teach you sometime about that. That's a whole different topic and story. You can have a very godly father that raises ungodly children and I believe, I believe there's principles there's a, a, a here's a person Eli who's a man that walked with God but his sons were very ungodly God was very angry with Eli and there was a young woman by the name of Hannah who could not get pregnant and she would go every year to offer sacrifices and cry out to God and finally God answered her prayer she Gave birth to a son by the name of Samuel. And when she found out she was, before she was pregnant, she said, God, if you give me a child, I will dedicate that child to you. I will give him to you. He'll live in the temple. I'll consecrate him. So Samuel was born. Eli was not his father, but Eli was raising him. And the ungodly older brothers, stepbrothers, so to speak, were, were around him all the time. We don't know the exact age of Samuel at this stage, but Josephus, the historian, claims that that Samuel was about 13 years old. So Samuel is just hitting his tween years. He's just hitting puberty, 13, half child, just entering into his teenage years, and he's being trained to serve and follow God. And he sleeps in a small room that's part of the temple area. In the main temple area, there is an ark called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. There's some manna in there. There's the Ten Commandments, tablets of stone, and the rod of Moses, a very sacred, uh, sacred ark. It always represents the presence of God. It was in the inner courts of the temple. Wherever the ark went, it was like God is going there. It was the physical manifestation of the presence of God. You remember the story that God said, you shall not touch or look in this ark. And where one of the priests, as they were transporting the ark, raised his hand to stabilize the ark because the oxen stumbled and God struck him dead because he violated the commandment. He touched the ark. The ark uh, broke down, the oxen stopped, and many people looked in the ark out of curiosity. All those people were struck dead. God was saying, this is holy. It represents my presence. And so here we have a 13-year-old boy who's training to be raised as, to serve in the house of God, sleeping in a little room beside the presence of God. And I want to give you a peek at his first experience at hearing the voice of God and what we can learn from it. It says in verse two, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was laying down in his usual place. Eli was already old. The lamp of God had not gone out. There was a lamp that would burn constantly by the ark of God. And Samuel, the 13-year-old boy, was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Now, there's a couple of things I want you to take note of this. If you're taking notes today, I want you to jot this down. I want to talk to you about how to to discern the voice of God. When God speaks, expect him to get your attention and disrupt your routine. Samuel was sleeping and God awakened him out of his sleep by saying, Samuel, Samuel. How many of you know that oftentimes we're unwilling to listen until something awakens us? How many people do I know that have heard their testimonies and say I was going down life and living my life, had very little time for God, but I was in a near death collision and suddenly I was shaken up. And I felt like God spoke to me and said, I'm giving you a second chance, or something disrupts our routine, a death in the family, a shake-up at our job, a near-death experience, a, 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 a dream that awakens us, uh, something that takes us out of our routine, because oftentimes we're too busy chatting, too busy in life to stop and listen. I meet with the pastoral team every Monday, here at Midway. And so there's uh, 21 pastors that I meet with every Monday. We pray, we worship, and we gather together for planning and so forth. And usually there's a few other people. So usually there's about 25 to 30 people. And when we go upstairs, try to get a bunch of pastors to be quiet. Whoa, this is a major challenge. And so they all joke because when I'm trying to get their attention, I'll go like this, I've, I've gravitated to, to, since they were all making fun of me going like this to get their attention, I gravitated to turning the lights on and off. But, but what am I doing? I'm disrupting the routine so people think, okay, it's time to listen. But, but what happens in clapping or turning off a light, what you're saying is, hey, listen up. You got to disengage from your activity. hear the voice that's about to speak. If you've been in a place, sometimes the loudspeaker goes on and sometimes there's a tune that says that this is a warning and there's a noise that you hear and then the warning is spoken. Why? It's saying, listen up. It takes us out of our routine. I believe that when God speaks to us, oftentimes he has to disrupt our routine in order to speak. Samuel was sleeping and God wakes him up out of his routine to speak to him. So when something unusual is happening in your life, when there's a shakeup occurring within your life, when something takes you, blindsides you, it may very well be that God is trying to get your attention. So finally, you will listen to what God is saying to you. Uh, Secondly, if you're taking notes, write this down. When God speaks, you will need to learn to distinguish his voice from others. It tells us in verse 5, So the lamp of the Lord had not gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was. Then God called Samuel. And Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? You see... God was speaking to Samuel, but Samuel did not recognize God's voice. He thought it was the voice of Eli. And so even though God was trying to speak to him, he was not used to the voice of God. So so he didn't understand that it was God speaking to him. When God speaks to you, you need to learn to distinguish his voice from others. If you're listening, God is talking. So what has God been talking to you about lately? What has God been speaking into your life? What has He been saying to you? Well, I don't know what it is, but oftentimes it's always aligning ourselves to be more full of Him. You need to release, you need to forgive, take this step. It's usually God has to speak about things that we're unwilling to do or we find hard to do. Now, God can be speaking, but you don't hear you got it plugged into your iPod and you have the music cranked it may the music it may be the music of self pity It may be the music of bitterness or resentment. It may be the music of materialism, the music of doubt, the music of a bad relationship. It may be the music of of lies that you're buying into. And God is saying, listen, I'm trying to speak to you. Would you turn the music off and listen to my voice? And when you listen to my voice, I will speak to you. I have a purpose and a destiny. And I believe that before we start the fast, I want to ask you this question. What has God been speaking to you and what are you doing about it? And if your ears are clogged right now and you're stuck because you heard God's voice 10 years ago speaking to you a lot or five years ago and you kept hardening your heart and hardening your heart and now you haven't heard God for a long time, then I want you to go back to the last time you heard God clearly and say, What did I do about it? And if God spoke to you clearly and you did nothing about it, then listen, it's time to go back and obey what God said to you. Amen.
0: Learning to recognize the voice of God. That's a fundamental step in our faith that we need to take seriously. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, the Bible teaching ministry of Mark Job. Now, did you know there's a variety of ways you can listen to this program? All of our messages are available online at boldstepsweekend.org, so you can listen whenever and wherever it's convenient. Well, as Christians, we want to be the best neighbors and parents and disciples we can be, but the Bible doesn't lay out a bulletproof list of every possible decision we need to make. Instead, it lays out the ingredients for godly discernment. And to help us recognize those ingredients, we're offering Hannah Anderson's book called All That's Good, Recovering the Lost Art of Discernment as our latest bold action gift, available for your gift. Sometimes we're so weighed down by the darkness of this world that we have trouble seeing the light. But God's goodness is still here. It's all around us. And it doesn't take a new worldview or a new neighborhood to see it. It just takes discernment. We'll be happy to send you Hannah's book, All That's Good, when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. You can send your gift and request the book by visiting us online at boldstepsweekend.org or by giving us a call and dial 866-535-5580. Now, if it's easier, sometimes it is just to send that donation in the mail. Our address is Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. Once again, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. Well, that's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepard on behalf of the entire team here. Happy New Year to you. We look forward to seeing you next time for Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.